This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Raider Nation, welcome back to a live edition of Silver and Black today. Of course, this is our post-game show. Myself, Scott Branson, along with uh, my good friend Murph from Raider Fan Radio. And uh, the Raiders, 31-17. They lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. They lose their sixth straight game to Kansas City. Of course, the last time they beat the Chiefs was in Kansas City with John Gruden as coach back in 2020. Uh, Murph, as we always do, I'd like to start out with you with the the voice of the fan. This one, you know, it was it was almost like a big tease. It started off so well. This Raiders team really could have been out in front of this this Chiefs team, uh, you know, by 17 points. Uh, of course, Carlson missed a field goal with inside of 30 yards. Not something he's done. He's only done it twice in his career. But you saw the, the the Chiefs came out very flat on offense. The Raiders took advantage of that, didn't take advantage of it enough, get into the second quarter, and some risky decisions by the coach. We'll talk about that. But overall, tell me uh, how much this one hurts uh, losing to the Chiefs at home, especially with as much red as we saw in the stands at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, just, Scott, this one hurts a lot. You know, this is this is the one of the year. This was the defining moment. For the Raiders in the 2023 season, this was our opportunity to get on the map. This was our opportunity to turn, you know, the narrative around. And we use that term a lot. And I'm thankful for a lot of things this time of year. I'm thankful for my faith. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for you. But I'm not thankful for the Raiders right now, man. Like to drop a 14-point lead on us and then just 
absolutely collapse defensively and get completely unimaginative on on play calling and, and offense and just the way that the, the things unfolded from the rest of that game, it almost felt like there was a little bit of a page out of Josh McDaniels' team. Um, you know, there would the, the, I can appreciate a guy like Max Crosby. I love the fire out of that young man. I love the the, the 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 inspired defensive effort at times out of the defense that Antonio Pierce has brought us. But this was it. Like we had our shot. Like what else do you want than a than a freaking fourteen point lead against your arch rival? Uh, you, you know, the, one of the best teams in the NFL, and the Raiders crapped the bed. And so, this is it. Like, thank you to the Raiders for relieving me of the burden of expectation uh, because this is it. The, the our, our season is literally now over. Now that's not me being a defeatist. I will still watch every single snap. I will still root for this football team and I will enjoy the rest of the season. But in terms of expectation of any kind of like postseason aspirations or any kind of, you know, competitiveness against the chiefs again, or God forbid, even the donkeys now uh, in our last game of the season, those things kind of go out the window. I mean, it was lined up for us. All we had to do is beat the chiefs, you know, going in the bye week we got the Colts coming up. Like it was lining up for the Raiders to, to be in the hunt as we saw the graphic tell us, but it all went out the window tonight, Scott. I, so yeah, I'm a, I don't know what Raider nation is feeling like. I can't read the chat, but I'm telling you th- th- this guy, uh, here in his bonus room, talking about his favorite football team. I'm defeated. Like I, I'm flat right now, man. That was that was rough. Yeah, I can understand it. And look, I mean, we we've talked about it for weeks. We talked about this nice little run that the Raider defense had gone on, and we we talked about it, Mo and I, on the show, Murph, this week, late in the week, saying, look, we we were seeing Patrick Graham get the most he could out of the defense he had. That's a key point because. They do not have enough talent on defense. You saw it tonight. They could not pressure Patrick Mahomes. They could not get him. He got to sit back there all day, and it doesn't matter who you are or how bad his receivers are, which they certainly didn't look bad tonight. If you have all time to pick apart a defense, you will. And so I think the Raiders, you know, Max Crosby, of course, he had the one sack tonight. He came out, and you got to give him credit because the guy does not stop. He wanted to be out there. Was he 100%? Of course he was not 100%, but he damn near well played 100%, and he didn't have any other help. Tyree Wilson, again, not there. A couple times they could have gotten to Patrick Mahomes, just missed Divine Diablo a couple times. There, there, there's, just, there's just a level of talent missing from that defense. That doesn't mean they didn't play well the past three weeks against who they played against. It just goes to show you, though, that eventually that sort of stuff catches up with you. But I will say this, too. I think you got to start to look at some of the positives that come from this game. And one of the positives I want to talk about with you and get your reaction off the top here, Murph, is Aiden O'Connell. Did Aiden O'Connell prove tonight that he is the franchise quarterback? No, but he had a good game. If you look at the statistics, and of course, I'm going to bring up the numbers. Aiden O'Connell, 23 of 33, 248 yards, one touchdown, passer rating of 101.6. So you saw the kid out there. He, he did not make mistakes to turn the ball over. That was huge. He did not do those. Got sacked a couple times. He had trouble there in the pocket. But overall, did well. Had a couple dimes, including the one to Jacoby Myers in the third quarter, um, that, or fourth quarter, that really helped the Raiders start to get some momentum, which, of course, they couldn't capitalize on. But if you look at what he was able to do, you got to feel good about what he does on the field and the decisions he made tonight against the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and and shout out his resiliency too. I mean, to, to to take a shot there from the ribs of who was that? Was that McDuffie? I think that that, that hit him in the oh, head. Yeah. 
and they went and, and went and checked him out, and you know, and, and he gets right back in the game. And you know, we saw that Garoppolo was warming up on the sideline, and and but Aiden held out, and and so and thankfully, and you know, yeah, I am encouraged by Aiden O'Connell, and there was a. There was more than just one throwdown. There was two or three tonight that oh, yeah. were absolute dimes. I mean, the, the the kid clearly has shown his poise and and shown his ability to, to deliver the ball downfield. And one of the things that we talked about last time you and I got together, we were critical of his, like, on the bubble screens, on, like, yes. those out routes. We saw him tonight. We saw him with some arm strength getting the ball to the sideline with a little bit of zip on it. And so, absolutely, yeah, shout him out. And I thought Aiden O'Connell, you know, look, at he's got a lot of plays he would want back. But, listen, he's a fourth rounder and that's the thing that is it's interesting about the Raiders situation this year no one's expecting this guy is going to be our quarterback of the future per se but he could be I mean you know what I mean we don't know because he clearly has the ability to uh, to do some things in in the NFL but all that said you know you require a little bit around you and 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 two let me and let me just tag it with this just to piss everybody off or at least half the audience <laughs> if anybody's watched the saints game today we made the right play i'm just saying <laughs> that. Yeah. just take that for what it may the potential and the ceiling on a guy like aiden o'connell considering what the ceiling was on the other number four i'm just saying that i still feel really good about what the raiders did in that move and again i'm not just trying to stir everybody up there but what i am trying i my more of my point in saying that is Aiden O'Connell did pretty darn good. And so I think that we should at least take solace in that as Raider Nation, that Antonio Pierce making the very definitive decision to move away from Jimmy Garoppolo and even the previous regime's definitive decision to move away from the other number four. Like, there's at least something to look forward to. And now, frankly, the pressure's off. There's right. no pressure on him. Well, now and, he's going to see what Murph, he's got. And Murph, like you said, I mean, look, the decision to go to him was the right one. Everybody agrees with that. No, I don't think anybody would argue against that. I think, though, that, that again, I saw something I talked to you about after the last game against the Dolphins. I saw, again, uh, I, I just, look, Bo Hardegree might be a nice guy. He might eventually someday be a good offensive coordinator. He's not there yet. He's not right. ready for prime time, nor is Antonio Pierce. Some people are going to get mad at me for saying that because everybody likes Antonio Pierce. But you saw tonight what a veteran coach does to prepare his team and comes out and does. Antonio Pierce is doing what he's asked to do. You have to commend him for doing it. You have to say, hey, man, this is great. You got these guys turned around from a mindset perspective, and that's half the battle. So I think that that's good, right? But you saw, again, they did not put their rookie quarterback in a good position at times, even when they went down by three scores. When they went down by three scores, they should have opened up the book and let him go. Look, they gave up on the game. I mean, listen, I'm going to go back. Well, I got to go back to decision-making first before I get into that. Because this one bothered me. You're at the, you're at the beginning of the game there. The Raiders have fourth and one on the 12 or the 19. What was that camera? 12-yard line. And Antonio Pierce decides to kick the field goal, which was missed. A rare miss. Not a good call. Because guess what? You're not gonna, you're, your defense is not going to stop the Chiefs. They were doing it at that point. But you knew the Chiefs were going to do it. You have to have a little bit of a killer instinct. And I think there he made a key mistake as he did later in the game as well with, with some of the play calling, with some of the timeouts and so on. So again, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to say negative things about Antonio. He's just not an experienced coach. 
Can I? Well, well let, me, let me ask you though, Scott. Yeah. But don't you think? Because because so I was on the on the on the on the couch there with with Lobby Valerie, and we're we're watching the game, and and she's like, they got to go for it, and I'm like, well, I I would agree, like it's pretty aggressive to go for it. But then also, like my brain kind of clicked, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, you have the, the Chiefs at home, you have the opportunity to go up by two scores. So I kind of understood what he was doing. And even the announcers who were against the Raiders clearly for the entirety of that game, <laughs> shout out, no, not shout out Trent Green. But anyways, but the idea that like, you know, you could take this thing up by two scores and then Carlson who, God dang it, Kevin Harlan, you couldn't have picked a worse time to, as soon as the words start to flow out of his mouth, I'm sitting there going, no, like, you know, you're going to jinx the freaking guy. And sure enough, he did. But Scott, isn't there at least a little bit of reason to that? That like, yeah, you want to take up two scores against your arch rival at home. No. Well, so so I so here's where I dis, here's why I disagree with it, because okay. I get what you're saying about two scores. But the Raiders defense is not that good. OK, the Raiders defense has played good. Max Crosby is injured. They have no pass rush now. He was betting on the Chiefs playing offense like they were up until that point. I looked at it and said, they're not going to play that bad for that long, okay? Because it's Patrick Mahomes. And whether you love him or hate him, he is who he is. He's a good quarterback. So to me, you have to get as many points as you can. Also, I think you can't play it safe against a team like that, especially the Raiders, a game under 500. And, and he's trying to get the job permanently, which I don't think he has a chance at, frankly, right now. But I will say that I would have been aggressive. I would have been much more aggressive there because what you do is that was to me, that was a very Josh McDaniels call, right? You were saying it earlier about you felt like some of it felt like back in those days when he was still around. And to me, that's what that was. It was a very, oh, well, we'll get the three points and we'll play defense. I just don't think knowing the history of this team against the Raiders, right? uh, Building leads and then losing big leads. Look, look. The Raiders, after their their missed field goal, the Chiefs then on their next five possessions scored four touchdowns, right? So, so again, they can score fast. People forget, well, they're not as good as they used to be. Yes, they're not the number one or number two offense, Murph, but they're still a top 10 offense with a top four defense. So to me, you have to go balls out. You have to be able to take that risk. And I know he would have been criticized if he would have went for it and didn't get it, especially after the the late fourth and one we saw, which was a terrible call as well. So, so, so it's, I know it's a mixed bag, but I just think that that shows the lack of experience with the coaching staff and and the decisions they made. Now, did they make other good decisions? Yes, they did. But I think overall, what you're seeing here is not that it's bad all the time. It's just uneven. And that's what you get when you don't have, I think a top flight, permanent coaching staff. So that's okay. Like you look at it and you say, all right, well, they're doing their best. They're not, they, they didn't get hired as the OC and the head coach right out of the bag. So they're going to do the best they can. So to me, that's where I'm at with it. And I just think it over, it, it shows today. You saw a little bit of lack of talent on defense. Clearly you saw the inability to kind of make key decisions at key times. And you saw some inexperience with the play calling and unevenness and that all together creates a crap sandwich that Raider Nation has to eat because it's red and yellow and and it has a big number 15 on it. Ugh. Yeah, so uh, interesting. So a lot of a lot of great comments there, Scott. And and so 
I, I, you know, I used to say this term a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago. It was like just a couple of years ago. The, the Raiders would run out of talent. Like that, we, we would get to a point where that we just the, the depth of the team. You just you just start running out of talent when you when you start having players come off the field uh, for whatever reason. The players that would come in to replace them, uh, even some starters in this case in the current form of the Raiders, like a Marcus Peters, who literally can't make a tackle to save his life. Um, and not to say that I could do any better, Marcus. But you know what I mean. But like he's he's not the player that he once was. Once upon a time, the physical corner that we see Marcus Peters be. But anyways. I think the Raiders, when you start going up against the most elite teams in the NFL, whether that's the Miami Dolphins in the, uh, last week or whether that's now the Kansas City Chiefs, they just start running out of talent. So that's where I would say to you is that that lack of talent, I think, to me, is what leads to that inconsistency. And when you mention a guy like Antonio Pierce and you don't think he's got a shot at the starting job, isn't there a world, though, where when you give him and – you know, Champ Kelly, the ability to build their own football team to see what that looks like. Isn't that worth it based on the credibility of the culture change that Antonio Pierce has brought to the team? And I hear you loud and clear on the game management, but those things can be learned. And there are some traits that are innate, like being a good leader. You, you, you either are or you aren't. Well, we know he is. Can he learn to be a better game time manager, learn to, you know, make different decisions on, on whether, whatever those calls are that he's being questioned on, those things can be learned based on, you know, time on the job. And I think so has what his, the the characteristics and the leadership that he brings to the table. I think that's enough Scott for him to, to earn the job, even despite this loss. I, I, I mean, and I don't know, call me a fanboy, but I've really loved the idea of Antonio Pierce being our head coach. I just love the spirit that this man has brought. I love the culture change. I love the idea that he's a Raider. Like you guys know the narrative around him. All of that to me is enough to earn him that job because the rest of the stuff can be learned. You know, so I don't know. That, that's just, well, no, that's kind of my take on it. I'm curious to what you have to say. No, and I don't disagree with you that, I mean, look, you go around the league and look at permanent head coaches who were defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators. That's where they come from. And I don't necessarily disagree with you that he he doesn't I mean I do believe he has the makeup to be a head coach I don't think he's ready yet that's where I'm at is and and I get what you're saying he's got all the other intangibles right so so all the things you like about somebody he understands the history he un, and appreciates it because he grew up that in, in it um he's 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 galvanized his guys around uh, a, a difficult situation when the, when McDaniels was fired he he walks the walk he really is transparent and you got to love that and and there's nothing to dislike about it but i'm going to ask you do you want to risk three years more on somebody who's not as proven or someone who hasn't had the experience doing it now that could be somebody else out there that they hire who's a hot hot coaching candidate whatever it could be i don't know because we don't know any of the names yet i'm just saying he's in a he's in an audition and to me at two and two especially with what we've seen the past two weeks on offense, I don't feel like it's there yet. Now, they go to the bye, right? They got the bye coming up. They come out of the bye. They got some time to fix things up. They got some time to change change things up. If they come out of the bye and they go on a hot streak, I'm right there with you. But as of this point, I don't see it because and, and because I don't know that he knows enough about offense in that position to choose somebody to do it. 
And then if you're thinking about the Raiders drafting another quarterback, let's say they pick high. Is this this coaching staff you want to develop that? Now, they could switch guys out. I understand Bo Hardegree is not yeah, permanent yeah, either. Yeah. So Antonio Pierce gets the job full time. He could go hire some dynamite you know, guy from, from, from Miami or San Francisco, wherever it could be, and bring him in. So I get that. I'm just – I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying right now I don't believe he's done enough to earn that. Look, he was handed a bag of crap. <laughs> so let's – Let's be, I mean, he can't change the offensive system, right? right? So that's not all his fault. But the decision-making, the preparation, of course, we saw last night Roderick Teamer arrested for DUI speeding in Las Vegas. Night before a game when he's supposed to be. Now, is that Antonio Pierce's fault? Of course it's not. That's individual responsibility. But it's the organization. What's going around the organization? What's happening that that player is not at the hotel when he's supposed to be? And that's obviously why he was inactive today. But those types of things you have to look out for. And we've had issues in Las Vegas with Gruden, and we had it with McDaniels with some of this stuff too. So all those things are factored into whether or not you can be the person that's going to lead that team. And again, I'm not blaming him, but it all comes back to you're in charge. Yeah, those are great, great points. And, you know, and I would, I would say this, that, you know, based on the things and the characteristics that Antonio Pierce has already established – Who's better? And 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 it's like who's out there? And and yeah, and a good question. Raider Nation chat room. I mean, you you tell me. Is it Jim Harbaugh? Like, is that the guy that you want to you want to hand it over to? I mean, and so again, is it worth it to take Antonio Pearson his experience for the rest of this season, plus what he might earn in one more season, and then see what that develops into? And listen, we're we're reacting off of the last two games. Well, we haven't played like chumps. These, these were good football teams. We weren't coming off back-to-back losses against the, you know, the Panthers and freaking, I don't know, pick somebody else, you know, the, the whatever, anybody else in, in, in NFC South. You know what I mean? Like, we're not coming off of bad losses here, or at least, well, they, this was a bad loss, but it, we're not coming off losses against bad football teams. And I right. think that that was a hallmark of the Raiders this season. It's a good point. The way that we lost to the Bears. And we, like, if Antonio, I would ask you this, Scott, and just to, again, and I like the volley back and forth here. If the Raider, or if Antonio Pierce is the Raiders coach, do we lose to the Bears? No, because you have a different quarterback starting. So I think your chances would have been much better. No question. And, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he's he's made he's made better decisions. There's no question there, Right. It's just as you start to think about, he's putting a resume together, right? Right now as we speak. So now he sits at two and two going into the bye. So after the bye, my expectations is if he wants to become the permanent head coach, they're going to have to find a way to get on a roll here. Now you saw what Denver did. Denver's now in sole possession of second place in the AFC West with the Raiders and the Chargers sharing the basement bedroom. So we, we, we'll see what happens. The, the Broncos got hot. Um, and the Chiefs, you know, they're up and down, still solid, find ways to win games. So that's what I think the Raiders need to do is they just need to, over the final stretch of the season coming out of the bye with Antonio Pierce in charge, is they need to just find ways to win games and to do it and to to figure out what they're... Because today we saw them come off that scripted stuff, the beginning, their offense clicked. And you're like, oh, wow, this is offense. And then... It went. It just shut down after the second quarter. It just shut down. They could. They could not move the ball again. And you saw the tightening of the plays, the conservative kind of attitude that you saw under McDaniel's return under Bo Hardigree. And so I think that's the type of yeah. stuff. If I'm Antonio Pierce, what I would expect to him if he wants to be head coach, 
Murph is for him to say, okay, that, that can't happen anymore. What are we going to do different? You can't do what you've been doing. And so we got to do it differently. That's what I want to see. If he does that and they get better performance, even if they lose, that's fine. At this point, wins and losses, you know, it's a development year in essence. Right. So, so if you do that, I'm totally fine with that. And I would respect that and say, okay, that shows to me that that's a head coach who can step in and say, no, we got to change something. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I love you know, your point about this is kind of the audition here. And so just looking at the schedule going forward, we got the Vikings and the Chargers at home. And then, of course, we got the Chiefs and then the Colts and Broncos. Like there's, there's a lot more winnable football games ahead of us than there was in these last two. So I, I think that idea of what, what do you want to see? You want to see progression, right? The ultimate indictment of that's a right. bad coaching staff is regression. And that's all we saw under Josh McDaniels once he took over for Rich Passaccia, right? We saw this team just go backwards. And so now we can see, again, I, I hate to harp on it, but the idea that <laughs> win the winnable games, like Absolutely. let's beat the Colts, let's beat the Chargers who are who are struggling, let's beat the Vikings Sands Kirk Cousins, even though Josh uh, Dobbs is having a, a you know a little bit of a, not a resurgence, but he's playing some some good football. Run, absolutely. So point being that like you know like let's win those games that are winnable. If we cough one up against the Chiefs, and even if and I hate it, Raider Nation, the, the I. I don't hate much in life. I don't really don't hate anything. <laughs> I hate the hell out of the Broncos. My gosh, I can't stand them. But it would make with the way that that team has turned around. It, if the Raiders lose at a legion against the Broncos, I almost kind of understand it at this point. I don't love it. And I, I you know what I'm saying? Like it would yeah. make a little bit more sense, but like, but the other games that are on those schedule. So if, if, if Tony Pierce can, can coach well and the team can perform in, in those games, uh, you know, I, I think that that starts to solidify it. I know we're kind of, we're going really like, you know, 30,000 foot view here, Raider nation. But I think that that's where we got to start to lean into that, the specifics of things start to go away once the season's kind of over, right? Like, and now it, all you want to do is just see in players, coaches, individuals themselves just kind of continue to get better, you know, may, get healthy in Max Crosby's case. That's the things that as a fan, that's what I'm going to root for now. I want to see Aiden O'Connell develop. It becomes much less about wins and losses other than the one very winnable games and becomes much more interesting to me to see how the players progress. Does Bob Spillane still keep up what he's been doing already this season and make a pro bowl? Does Tyree Wilson maybe start getting in the mix and start getting a couple of sacks? You know what I mean? Like that, that, that does Aiden O'Connell start making some throw, you know, those, yeah. those types of things. So sure, that's what I'm to, to your point about making progress, right? So, all right, yes. we're, we're going to step aside just for one quick break, and we'll come back. We'll pick this this back up because you said something there too. I want to talk about as as it as it's uh, um, related to Antonio Pierce and kind of the rest of the season because there's six games left, right? Six games left. The Raiders have six opportunities uh, to win some ball games, and we'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Aussie original podcast. Do us a favor if you don't already subscribe to the audio podcast. Do so if you're with us on YouTube, I can see in the chat. Thank you guys for being there. I appreciate the conversation as always. Make sure you also subscribe to Raiders Fan Radio, the, the audio version of the podcast, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube and watch them live on Wednesday evening slash late afternoon on the West Coast. Good times and good stuff, and that's where you'll find Murph. All right, we're going to step aside. and we come back, we roll on here with the postgame edition. Raiders lose 31-17 to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be right back. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the postgame edition. Murph and Scott with you. Raiders 31-17, losers to the Chiefs, the sixth in a row. Sixth in a row that they've lost to Kansas City. Uh, that's definitely something that's got to change. But before we went to the break, we were talking, Murph, about the fact that, hey, about arguments back and forth on on Antonio Pierce as a, as a, as a head coach, uh, a permanent head coach. And I, I said, there's six games left, right? So they're two and two. He's a 500 coach at this point. Would it be enough if he went 500 over the last six to be named the permanent head coach? And I think that's the question because if they went 500 over the final six games, I would say that that is pretty good because I picked them to win seven games, right? So I think... Mo picked them to win six. I picked seven. So that would put them at eight wins, correct? Because they're at five now. You win three more. And so I would say, hey, that's what I expected at the beginning of the season of Josh McDaniels. And I was, and if they got to that record, I wasn't going to call for Josh McDaniels to get fired. So if that's the case, then that that to me would be pretty good. I mean, if he's if he's a 500 coach with what he inherited, including a rookie quarterback and they go out and they win three of their final six, I'd say that's pretty dang good. Okay, so I might be more on your side there because uh, to me that would, be, that would be a better accomplishment. Now, the question though, again, is the future of the team, and that's the one big thing we don't know about. Champ Kelly, I think he's got a good shot at keeping that job. We'll see. Uh, if he does keep that job, then what are they going to do? What kind of, what kind of team do they want to build? Because they have to go out and get not only offensive linemen and defensive linemen, but they got to get a quarterback of the future, no matter what Aiden O'Connell does, unless he just goes nuts the last six games, which is possible, then they're going to try to get a quarterback. So then you have to decide what system you're going to run. If you, if you hire Antonio Pierce, then you have to go out and get an offensive coordinator. Who is that? What's the philosophy in the building around running an offense? So there's going to be a lot of those questions that come up as we move on down the line. And they're going to be fascinating to watch uh, as, as things unfold. As far as the Raiders, though, Murph, you look at this situation going into the bye now. To me, they got to figure out how to get consistent and, 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 and even, as I said earlier, on offense, 
coming into this, this, the final six weeks. And then on defense, I don't know why, for example, Young was not active tonight. Uh, Silvera was not active tonight. Yeah, Some yeah. of these younger players, which I think – now, Antonio Pierce is a defensive guy, so he knows better than I do. But I thought they, those guys would both be active for tonight because of the Chiefs and what they do up front. I think you got to let these young guys play now, man. I mean, look, I, I understand you want to win games, but I don't understand what they're doing. So I think they got to figure out – What's like, it's, it's, it's a new season, the final six games, a new season. What are we doing differently? How are we going to come out and be a better team built around a different premise? That's going to allow us to win those six games. Yeah. And you know, uh, I, I, I agree with you. It's time to look at the young guys. Now it's time to bring them in and, and let those young men shine and see what they have to, uh, to bring to the table. You know, that said early on in the game, you know, Bilal, Bilal Nichols and Jerry Tillery, like they had, they played pretty strong. Like the interior of, of our defensive line uh, was pretty strong early on. And, and I want to respect, you know, both sides of the trenches, uh, frankly, because the offensive line with Colton Miller, gosh, I mean, does that not look like a completely different offensive line when he's in the mix? But anyways, but going back, the d- defensive line, defensive side of the ball. Um, I thought those guys played well early on, but then again, I feel like you start to run out of talent. So I, I, I'm with yeah. you that it's the time to activate the young guys. It's time to activate the young guys and, and, and see what we have there. Another thing you talked about w- was Champ Kelly. Um, I think Champ Kelly's got the job. I, you know, he was according to reports and you know I'm, I'm all i am as a knucklehead in my bonus room podcasting but the way that i understand it is that champ kelly was mark davis's number one choice to be the general manager of this football team before he hired josh mcdaniels and josh mcdaniels said oh yeah and by the way I, i'm bringing my buddy ziggler with me and we're kind of a package deal and so therefore ziggler got uh the gm slot and then champ kelly got the assistance slot. So I think Jam Kelly is definitely going to be the, the, uh, the general manager of our team going forward. And I'm not mad at it. Like, let's see what this, what this young man has. A, I say young man, cause I'm old enough to say that, but let's see what he has to bring to the table and let's see what he, what, you know, opportunities he has. Cause he really didn't get a lot of, you know, chance to turn when we don't know what he like the influence that he had over the draft and whatnot. The way that we understand it is that McDaniels pretty much called all the shots around the draft and whatnot. And then he was more of like, you know, in terms of scouting and whatnot, that that's where, where champ Kelly came into play. And then also in terms of uh, the trade deadline and whatever, we really didn't see a lot of opportunity for him. And I think that, that he definitely uh, has earned that opportunity. And then to go to your third point about what the Raiders can, can Antonio Pierce, keep the job by going 500 absolutely and i think that there's i mean when you again to go back to it we got the vikings which is a winnable game we got the chargers is a winnable game we're at arrowhead okay let's just cross that one off and pretend like it's not even going to happen let alone some miracle but then you've got at indianapolis which is a winnable game and then the donkeys at home that's a winnable game so there's not even does he have the opportunity to freaking finish out 500 he has the opportunity to finish out with a winning record and i'm gonna lean into that i'm telling you like we have we have the ability to beat the lesser or mid as the kids say the mid teams in the nfl and and so i i think that the raiders are gonna have a shot at that and yes to answer your question if Antonio Pierce does that or even anything remotely close to that with the progression that we're hoping for, I think you give him the gosh darn job. I, I don't see any reason why not to. Again, other than those things that I think that he can learn in time and with a full off season behind him and some maybe some really great mentors. Maybe you bring in some, you know, some other folks to kind of, you know, <laughs> 
Well, I don't even know who that would be, but uh, but whoever those folks are, there are plenty of ex-head coaches out there that you yeah. could bring in to, to talk to Antonio Pierce and bring him along on some of those things. Even people that are affiliated with the Raiders, somebody called Tom Flores. You know what I'm saying? Like there are there are folks out there uh, that that could mentor Antonio Pierce in in his head coaching ship, and uh, and so I think it's entirely possible that with even a decent performance, Scott, that he's retained. Yeah, and I, I listen, I think a lot of fans feel the way you do because those that talk to me online who aren't cursing at me or something, they they usually they they're, they're in the same boat, right? So so I get that feeling and and understand it completely. By the way, I want to give a shout out Super Chats, which of course all of our Super Chats will go at the end of the season to the One Nation Foundation. Alex D, uh $2 donation says are we really going to blow it on Harbaugh again? So Harbaugh, and I will say, I'm not a big Harbaugh guy. But if Harbaugh wants the Raiders job, I can't imagine Mark Davis not talking to him. That doesn't mean he's going to be the coach there. I think the Bears are going to go after hard after Harbaugh because Harbaugh would come out. And if I yeah. look at the Bears, I know this will be hard to swallow Raider Nation, but if I look at the Bears and I'm a head coaching candidate, I might I might rather go there because I get to pick my quarterback in, in, in the first or second, third pick at the most. And I'm probably going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. too in the same draft. So I might go there knowing how the NFL is on quarterbacks. Then also another super chat for $10 from Daniel Mangus, who, of course, uh, says, I don't root for development. One GM out of the playoffs coming in, and it was there, and we fail now on the road. Uh, get hard. Okay, so there you go. He So he wants, he wants some tough love for the Raiders there, uh, obviously. But, look, I think there is an opportunity here for, for this team – down the stretch, down these six games to find out, A, if they have a coach. Two is to find out more about this quarterback. And again, I don't think this quarterback has been given enough um, leeway. I think they need to give Aiden O'Connell more. They need to give him more. I get it, first couple games, and I thought today at times, and I wanted to get your your opinion on this, Murph. At times, they really did, like some of the swing pass, passes to Josh Jacobs, great, they got the pass to Michael Mayer. It came later in the game. I wish I'd like to see that earlier, the one to Hooper. So they're putting some stuff into the flats for him when the plays uh, go that way that allow him to dump the ball off and to look through, besides the nice throws he had downfield. But I don't think there's enough of that. I think if you watch, as I watched the entire games this morning around the NFL, including Desmond Ritter on the Falcons who beat the, the Saints, had his trouble too. But if you watch these teams with young quarterbacks, Murph, you watch the offenses and they make it really simple for them. And yes, they'll challenge downfield too, but they really build around a game plan around giving him the opportunity to get into a rhythm, dink, dunk, dink, dunk, go long, right? And and I, I see it at times with the Raiders. I just don't think it's been consistent enough. And I don't think that's fair to Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I mean, I I watched a lot, of, so I I shut up at MGM Sportsbook. I had a, I had a you know a couple bucks on a few games today, and uh, one of them was the under on the freaking Saints, uh, 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 the Falcons game, and then also on the on the Titans Carolina game. And listen, Bryce Young has got the longest you know of of freaking runway here, being that he was the number one overall pick and did not look good. If you yeah. watch that football game, he didn't look nearly as good no, as Aiden no. O'Connell did. And granted, uh, there he, you know, and he's going up against the Titans, who have they who have a decent defense, but is are not a great football team. And then and then to look over over at the at the at the Saints and like what mentioned what you said with Ritter, 
and even the Saints have a pretty good defense. But even O'Connell you know, looked better than Ritter. Ritter made a couple of good throws that got them in that game. But offensively, the Saints struggle. Anyways, I'll, I'll save all that. Um, point being, though, Aiden O'Connell, when you look in contrast to the other young quarterbacks in the league, not so bad. And he's a fourth rounder. So I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that, Scott, that I think he deserves a, a lot more runway in terms of the rest of this season and to see where it goes. And, you know, and do I think he's going to be our, our, our franchise quarterback for the, for the rest of, I don't know, the next nine years or whatever? I, I don't know. And, and could it be Jim Harbaugh and JJ McCarthy coming in? Who knows, man, and where, where this thing is going to go. But in terms of right now, though, I'm, I'm with you on that. When you look around, you've got to allow him a little bit more runway. Because if you're if you're going to give that to the guys that are drafted above him, then why wouldn't you give it to the guy that's drafted in the fourth round? No, agreed, agreed. And I think that they they just I think the play calling was was bad, and so I think that they need to figure that out. and And that's Antonio Pierce's responsibility. He is the head coach. Uh, the OC reports to him, so he needs to figure it out. and And I hope you're right, Murph. Maybe he can tap into people he knows. He's got a lot of good friends in the business, obviously, uh, and and including some offensive minds going back to his time at Arizona State and, of course, his time as a player. I know he's close with Tom Coughlin. I don't know that I would call him about offense. Tom Coughlin, yes. Yeah, I don't know that I'd call him about offense, but I would definitely, I'm sure there's people in that tree that he talks to. Um, but you look at that. You also saw tonight a heated exchange between Marcus Peters and Antonio Pierce on the sidelines. I have not seen the video of this. Just saw the reports come out. I don't know if you saw that. But um, that's another thing. Marcus Peters, um, you know, Look, I was all for, I, I knew it wasn't going to be the Marcus Peters everybody thinks of when they say his name. He's way past that. It, it's been a lot worse than we anticipated. He's been little more than a body out there. A couple of nice pieces of coverage here and there, but clearly something's not, not, not jiving there uh, with Marcus Peters. And so with Jack Jones there now too, um, maybe that'll happen over the bye. Uh, we might see Marcus Peters bye-bye after the bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get those people out of the building. Roderick Teamer, if he's guilty, I don't know. You know, sometimes people get pulled over for DUIs. Doesn't mean they're guilty. But if he is for what he did, then uh, he's got to go too. I just don't think you need that around a young team where you're trying to figure out what you have. No, and especially in the, in the wake of the Henry Rugg situation. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what? Let's can we be more tone deaf? And even I, I, even if there was a, a some sort of a false thing or a, you know whatever, a, a, even if there was some sort of a misunderstanding, whatever. What are you doing out so late? I mean. Come on, man. G get in the rack. Let's, it's, you got a game the next day. It, it, there's zero tolerance uh, for, for that kind of stuff, right, Scott. Right. And in terms of, 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 of Marcus Peters, I mean, listen, give me a Meek Robertson on the outside despite his lack of size all day long. I, I mean, um, we've seen a Meek Robertson make some incredible plays this year. We've seen the dog that he is. We know that he can go up and challenge the best of the wide receivers on the outside and, and again, play above his size. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of 21. And it, when we start to see that stuff come out of, uh, out of Marcus Peterson, let's, 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 I want to lead into a little bit of a positive, and I know we're going to start running short on time. Oh, Nate Hobbs had a hell of a game today and I would love to see, you know, Nate Hobbs and, and, and freaking Amik Robertson. Give me those two guys 
on the outside and I mean if, 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 instead of a Marcus Peters and let Marcus Peters come in and relieve for something and because again if we're, if we're talking about being in the exploratory version now of the Raiders to close this season out then get these younger men some reps out, out there because I mean look he's frankly and I'm with you he's a liability at this point and it and it sucks I hate that because it was a really cool story you know what I mean? Like it was a really cool story having Marcus Peters come to the Raiders, but he's just a shell of what he was uh, uh, previously. And listen, that's not going to be good enough uh, to beat a team, let alone as good as the Chiefs. And the thing about it is, you watch it. And I know fan, I see fans complaining about it, and I get it. And I'm watching it. and I'm thinking to myself, it's not okay. You see decline in skills, and you just you understand that, and you're like, okay, well, it's just not as good as it used to be. The lack of effort, though, is to me the thing, and I'm sure that's why I'm gonna. I'm. I have no no inside information or clue, actually, but I will tell you that I'm gonna guess that the, the issue he had with Antonio Pierce on the sideline had something to do with effort, because all you had to do is watch on TV and you could see him give up on plays and just kind of wave his arms around to try to tackle people and stuff, and that's just only, not gonna do it. Only Pittsburgh wide receivers have a lot, have a lower effort on 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 a play. Like yeah. stick your freaking nose in there, man. You know I what know. I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. You got you got to want it. Doesn't matter where you're at in your career. You're still getting paid, man. I mean, it's just, that's the that's the fact of the matter. So so you look at that, but yes, I think I think they got to make. And to your point, put guys out. The Raiders' problem is they don't have depth. If you look at good defenses around the league, they have depth. You saw one in Kansas City today, uh, and you can rotate defensive linemen and not lose anything. See, the Raiders can't do that. Max Crosby couldn't sit out today because they didn't have anybody else to slot there to replace him that would have done nearly as good, even if Max was at 60%. So that's what you have to do to build a roster is you have to go in. And yes, you have to get a quarterback. The quarterback's number one, but number two is uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. And then you got to also slot in some. So the Raiders have a lot of work to do, and that's my point. And so wherever they end up, it's going to come down to if Champ Kelly's in charge, he's going to have to build this team. But I think he's got a chance this this bye week, Murph, to look around the roster and say, okay, Antonio, let's sit down. We got to see what we got in, in, in Nate Agesta Silvera. What do we have in Byron Young? What do we have with these guys? We got to start playing them. Yes, we're playing Joe. At least just rotate them. Put them in the rotation with Tillery and Nichols, the guys that are making tons of money. Doesn't matter. It's the point in the season where you need to find out what you have so that when you go into the offseason, you know what you need. And, and that's what I want to see from them coming out of this bye week. How about you? Yeah, I'd love to see the young men get in there uh, more as, as just like what we talked about on the corners. And, you know, shout out 51, shout out Malcolm Koontz, I thought, uh, had some great flashes tonight. Uh, Robert Spillane, of course, I mentioned Nate Hobbs and offensively Michael Mayer and, and Hunter Renfro. Uh, I mean, you could – Jacoby Myers had some great catches. Of course, Devontae was lighting it up early. So are, there are some there are some some players that are – completely solidified in terms of their position. The rest of them, though, like, let's let it freaking fly, man. Let's see what we got. Uh, and I don't see any harm in that in, 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 you know, finding out what you got. Yeah. Do you want to do that at the expense of a W? Cause as I mentioned that there are some, some very winnable games, that's a conversation for Antonio Pierce and Mark Davis to have behind scenes, you know, you know, inside the walls there of Henderson is, does he have the ability to, to have a frank conversation with Mark Davis from one side or the other saying, okay, look, you have a chance to pull this interim tag off of, off of your off of your your title 
and I'm going to allow you the, the, the runway to go out there and evaluate younger players. Because, listen, when we do that, it's a risk. And that's why you see Bilal Nichols and Jerry Tillery and those guys playing. And, and you see the inactives that you did because it's a risk to play those younger players where they know what they have in those KG veterans. So is Mark Davis going to allow Antonio Pierce to make those decisions? I wouldn't, you know, and I'm sure Mark Davis listens to this show in, in the car on the, on the way into the facility every day. I would, I would implore him to, to, to allow Antonio Pierce to do that. I think you could trust him more with that than you did with Josh McDaniels. So let him freaking figure this thing out. I'm telling you, I got a lot of faith in Antonio Pierce, and I think that he's the guy for the job. And I could say that 150 times, but, but the point around this conversation is that give him the ability to evaluate the younger players without risk to his future. Because I think that's important that if you're going to if you're just going to make it all about wins and losses, well, then you're not going to allow him the opportunity to evaluate these younger players and to take a risk. Right. But if you give him if you tell him, look, man, you're safe and you're going to be you're going to be in the conversation in the offseason no matter what. Well, then, OK, well, then we, we give you gives you a little bit of freedom and then you start to bring in these younger guys and, and to find out what you really have. Because I'm with you, Scott. We ran out of talent. Oh yeah, exactly, and 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 that's what they got to do. They got to figure it out, but it's going to be uh, a long road, and we won't get quick answers. Uh, fans want to know that the team's yeah. headed in the right direction. I understand that. It's going to take some time. I, I don't I, until we know who's leading, until we know who uh, is is going to be um, making those decisions. It's it's hard to even think about where things are going to go. And there's six games left, right? So you you want to see what this team can do over six games, despite some of its gaps. I mean, that's just the way it is. There's a third of the season left. That's crazy. It's a third of the season. It's not like we're like, you know what I mean? It's not like there's like two games left or something like that. Like there's a lot of freaking room here still to find out what this Raider team is made of. Yes, absolutely. And, and Kelly, my good friend, Kelly Kreiner, they're having a conversation about CD, CJ Stroud. He said, anybody from Ohio state sucks. Well, Kelly, that's not so true anymore. Is it? And you know me, I don't like Ohio state or Michigan. But C.J. Stroud, again, you saw today, a great game. Anyway, um, the the situation with this team, though, I think is, again, you've got to learn what you have. You've got to learn these last six games to see what the quarterback can do, to see what some of these young defenders who aren't playing very much, frankly, can do. Offensive line, you can't really do anything there. You have what you have, and you just got to work with it. And overall, they're up and down, and, and it's going to be what it's going to be until you figure out either in the draft – or in free agency. Murph, as always, we talked about some of the super chats we got tonight, and thanks to all those people who donated money to the One Nation Foundation, which, of course, Murph is repping. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see his shirt. And uh, we take this time of the show. Murph, tell everybody about the One Nation Foundation, where these super chats are going, and how they can reach out to you guys if they want to be involved in this great, great charity. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So the One Nation Foundation is our nonprofit that we uh, we started based on uh, the Raiders fan radio listening audience when we figured out we could make some money with this show. And so we uh, we started our, our own nonprofit to give away to Raiders related charities. So we've given to uh, the Max Crosby Foundation. Most recently, uh, we give to the good folks at Raider Dad who take underprivileged kids to Raider games and uh, and not only give those kids the opportunity to go to a game, but share that uh, that experience with their parental figures. And we also give to the Blitnikoff Foundation, uh, who brings in 
um, young women at risk of domestic violence and substance abuse. And so we're so very thankful for the work that all three of those organizations are doing. And we've given to a multitude of others uh, over the years, but those are the three main focuses uh, for our year. And so we can't do that Raider Nation without you, um, whether that's uh, direct donations that we get, whether that's you buying a shirt, uh, going to our T public site or, uh, you know, anywhere else, which you can find on uh, our, our website, which is at Raiders fan radio. Uh, whether it's direct donations, merch sales, advertising, any of that stuff, we give 100% of that money to the foundation and give it to Raiders-related charities. And even if you're not able to uh, contribute monetarily, we just ask that you give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a thumbs up. You know, you're, you're getting ready to be around a whole bunch of family or with around a bunch of your Raider friends and family. Tell them about our show, please. And it's not about promoting our show. It's about promoting the foundation. And we can't thank Scott enough uh, for this platform here at Silver and Black today. Scott, we love you so much and look forward to seeing you here in the fan cave. Scott's going to join us live here in, in just a couple of weeks. And also, I got one last thing for you, Scott. Let's give it up, Raider Nation. Happy birthday, Scott. Oh, thank you, man. I, I want to stop counting now, though. <laughs> That's what Valerie tells me. She yelled at me the other day. She's oh. like, oh, you got to get all specific about age. I'm like, oh, gosh, it was the biggest fight we ever had. <laughs> Uh, well, at least you didn't come home in a Chiefs T-shirt, so you got that going for you. Well, that's true. Uh, that's, <laughs> mercy. Then you'd be you'd have to it would have to be over. That would be sad. So we, well. we don't have that situation though. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> no, man. But as always, we appreciate you. We appreciate everything that you guys do. Of course, Michelle and Jeff, and of course your uncle Mosh as well. Everybody involved there is doing a great job. So we thank you guys for that. Make sure you tune in on Wednesday. It, it's great. I'm usually working kind of late on Wednesdays, and so when I, I I'm working. Now, and I usually like to have a cigar while I'm working at night. And so now it's cold, so I have to do it in the garage. So I'm watching Murph and the crew in a jacket in the garage with cigar, <laughs> working on my sports knot stuff. So uh, it's, it's a good time, but I invite you guys to join us. And, and I want to thank everybody else for being out there too tonight. Murph, we will uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks. We have the bye week. We actually have a Sunday with no Raider football, which is both good and bad, right? Because you can kind of get a respite from it, but at the same time, you don't have it, which is, I know for fans, is a huge deal. So uh, we will talk to you in just a couple of weeks, and then we'll see you uh, in December as well. Sounds good, brother. I look forward to seeing my uh, my blood pressure regulate, my heart rate jumping down into the 40s. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Murph. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody else out there watching or listening to the show. If you're listening to us on Monday, good Monday morning. If not... You were with us on Sunday on the live show here on YouTube. And I'm watching the comments here. Still seeing you guys going at it in there, too. And appreciate what's going on. Uh, thank you for the birthday vibe. And also, uh, what else? Uh, you guys are agreeing with each other, disagreeing with each other. It's all good. Uh, but I do think uh, I, there's a discussion happening in the chat about on the quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, what would you draft first? And I will tell you, it's always quarterback number one in the NFL. And then closely behind that, offensive line and defensive line. So that's where we're at. I'm, we'll do a whole separate show. Mo and I are going to talk about it this week. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, your audio. We'd appreciate it. Even if you watch us mostly on YouTube, just do me a favor and subscribe over on the audio side. We, we do thank you for that. And if you're with us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you hit the subscription and the notifications bell. That way, every time we have a new video, you will be notified. For our producer, Mike Robier, who you don't get to ever see, but he does a lot of work to keep this puppy going. We appreciate what he does. For Momotin, for Murph, my co-host on the Post Game Show, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We will talk to you guys again on Tuesday. Take care.